The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Warren Ingram is with us this evening. Personal Finance brought to you by Standard Bank Private. Standard Bank Private, it can be. Warren is a certified financial planner. He's co-founder at Galileo Capital. And it's hard to believe that in this day and age, there are still parents that might have money to transfer to their children. Um, But there are, Warren. Um, There's some very wealthy families about. And so often what happens in wealthy families is that the kids sort of sit on the sidelines waiting for mom and dad to die so they can get their hands on the loot. And it's a bit of a depressing, vulture-ish approach to this. And I wonder if there's a better way of doing this as the person with the hands on the purse strings? I think there there are so many great ways uh, that this can work during the the, the, the parents' lifetime, let's say the, the grandparents, in, because that's typically how this will work out. And, you know, they'll be, uh, you know, observing their, their adult children grappling with their own issues in life, whether it's, you know, paying bonds, uh, putting kids through school, uh, just trying to kind of build themselves up. And, and, and the grandparents are watching all of this with, uh, uh, not always, you know, enormous amounts of money, but sometimes with some extra money, and and rarely do they actually have a conversation. Firstly, with their kids to say, you know, what what can we do to help? But but secondly, you know, understanding that there are actually a lot of things that they could do during their lifetimes to to give their 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 adult children a, a leg up while they need it most, rather than waiting until they've died and and usually you know until both um, you know mom and dad have died uh, and then uh, you know only do the, the their children inherit and you know if you look at longevity and you look at how our life works out you, you know uh, gr- grandparents might be dying in their late 70s 80s you know even as late as their 90s and that means their children are probably in their 50s or 60s when they inherit long past the time when they would have uh, you know really needed the money most so I think Bruce, it's it's a it's kind of a big it's a big topic, and you know especially when uh, when adults now you know with young children are really grappling with you know so much economic hardship. There, nothing is cheap about education. There's there is no way to raise uh, children on a shoestring anymore. So so they, they you know they're kind of getting squeezed from all sides, and you know potentially parents who, who their, their parents who can help them. And kind of need to just think about it. There, there, you know, there are a few options when, when you look at this, and and in, you know, starting with very simply, uh, it's allowed for grandparents to pay for for grandchildren's schooling. It, allowed, it's, allowed to pay it's for un- yeah, as you as you said it, I suddenly went well. Surely the, the the quickest and best way and most effective way of redistributing your wealth is. Uh, to take the burden of education off parents, and uh, you may be paying for a old, you know, uh, um, for an old government. You may be paying for, you know, top up fees at a good government school. You model may C. be a Model C school. That's what I was thinking for. Thank you. Um, uh, you may be <laughs> paying the fees at a private school. You may choose an entry level private school or a higher level private school. Whatever it might be. But that strikes me as an eminently sensible way of saying to your children, you know what, there may not be any money left for you at the end of our lives, but we're going to take this burden of responsibility off you and give your kids a head start in life because private school fees are crushing. Any school fees are crushing. 
You're right. I mean, even in the Model C schools, as you know, Bruce, I'm a, I'm a committed Ronnebosch old boy, and you know that's a really high quality government school, but it's not. It's by no means cheap. Yeah. Uh, and and delivering world class education like that, you know, you know, it's it's going to cost parents. Uh, kind of at least fifty thousand rand a year just for fees. For, forget about uniforms and all the rest. Yeah. So, so there is there is no, no no kind of you know cheap education anymore. So, so I think that that's a great starting point. And 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 maybe to follow up, uh, follow on from that, you, you know, uh, if you if you're kind of looking at your adult children, thinking I'd love to help them out with you know a, a kind of a head start on the home loan or you know fi- finding a way for them to kind of make a dent in that bond. Uh, j- just remember that you're allowed to donate up to a hundred thousand rand per person per year, uh, without any tax implications. So, so just to explain, so that's grand granddad can d- donate a hundred thousand rand to anybody a-, a year, and grandmom can do the same. Grandmother can do the same. So you could you could you know between the two of you you know make a, a sizable dent in your your children's bonds uh, uh, by doing that every well, year for a few years that donation that, that that ability to not pay donations tax on that 100,000 rand if you are a wealthy two person couple of grand grandparents and you've got two children and they've each got two children can you give 200,000 rand uh, as as a couple to each child and then another hundred thousand rand each to each of the kids. No, no so so you've got to be you, over eighty. The, 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 the limit is to you as the person making the donation. So anybody can donate to anybody else, but to a maximum of, of a hundred thousand ah. uh, in total. So. So, uh, unfortunately, no matter how many kids you've got, you've only got a hundred thousand you can dish out before you start paying donations tax. Gotcha. Uh, and, and, and so that's the key. That, you know, so if you've got, uh, you know, two, two adult kids, then each one's going to get a hundred thousand, uh, potentially. So, uh, you know, that's one option. But, but even there, Bruce, uh, you know, just understanding that, uh, you, you know, there, there's kind of a link between donations tax and estate duty. You know, they're, they're not that different. So, um, in your lifetime, you know, if you've got that kind of capital, donating some extra money to your children, so over and above the hundred thousand, uh, it's not such a silly idea because the, the benefit they get, uh, you know, you're going to pay the tax now, and that, and, and of course, no one wants to pay unnecessary tax, but but it's going to either be paid now or or um, on your death, on the death of the, the last of of the of the the, the grandparents. And that is but, the but point, the, isn't the, it, the, Warren? I mean, that is the the critical point. You're not you're not avoiding tax by not giving, get relinquishing relinquishing some of your capital early. You're actually just you're paying the tax sooner, but your kids are getting the immediate benefits of the capital that you've donating to them now, rather than waiting five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, maybe. And when you see the, 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 both the financial calculations as to the impact that you're having on, on your children's lives by doing that for them, uh, and, and then all the other benefits, you know, if you think about, uh, the, the kind of the way you de-stress a, a family, you know, by, by taking a lot of the debt burden off their off their shoulders, by allowing them to educate their children, uh, but by allowing them to kind of start their their in, their own investment portfolios from a position of strength rather than you know spending two decades just trying to get out of out of a debt hole. Uh, all of those benefits are, are are so important and so significant that. You know, it's, it's really a consideration. I think, you know, I don't think enough people think about it. At the same time, 
I'm not saying, you, you know, make, make so many donations or such big donations as a proportion of your asset base that you put yourself in financial difficulty because that's, that's yeah. being a burden, burden on your family late in life. That's, that's no gift at all. No, exactly right. So this is the, 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 the tricky thing here, Warren, is you've got to know well enough what standard of living you want to maintain. Um, you've got to have a rough calculation as to what your life expectancy will be. Uh, you've also got to then factor in for the massive uncertainties of inflation and you can sort of, you know, you can ramp that up a little bit and you can do a rough calculations to what the amount of money is that you're likely to need. You can build in an extra five years just for safety's sake. And if there's anything left after that, I suppose that's the point at which you say, right, I have an estate currently worth 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million, whatever it might be. I need X amount of money. Therefore, there is this amount of money I can use for school fees. Um, There's this amount of money that I can use to distribute to children and actually Give them a big lump of cash now. They may not get anything at the end of my life, but they'll get it in their 30s rather than their 50s. Job done. Thank you very much for playing. And I think um, the, 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 the 100% and I think the only complexity there would be uh, understanding your children well enough to know that uh, <laughs> Next they're problem, going yes. to do the right thing with their money. Um, I, I think maybe just w- one or two little kind of almost sneaky tricks that you can think about as well is uh, our retirement fund. So, so when we re- when we've got a, a retirement annuity or a provident fund or a pre- preservation fund in South Africa, um, all of those things are are entirely free of estate duty when you die. So if you've if it's if you have a retirement fund and you never retire it, so let's say you you have a, a retirement annuity and and you don't ever need it during your lifetime, you can nominate your children as the beneficiary of that, and oh. when you die, it goes directly to them with without the impact of executor's fees or estate duty. Uh, the, the same would apply if you had if you did retire your your, your retirement annuity and it was now a, a living annuity, uh, you, you could nominate your children as the the, the beneficiaries of that. The reason that becomes important is if you don't have a lot of extra money as big kind of lump sums now to, to give your children, the one thing you can say to them is, I'm not going to destroy this the, the, this retirement fund of mine. I'm going to draw the minimum. Uh, there will definitely be a good few million left over uh, that, that you are going to inherit. Uh, what, what that does for the adult children is it, it allows them in a way, if, if they're really financially strapped, it, to, to then reduce their retirement fund contributions, knowing that they've got a little bit of a head start with their own retirement fund because they're going to inherit one now from, from their parents. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, you know, it's kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul, but, but it is a way to, to kind of give your, your adult children some kind of a cash flow benefit during your lifetime. N- not something that everyone thinks about, but, but definitely a conversation to have if everyone's a little bit cash strapped, but you know your retirement fund is big enough to, to look after the family or, or give them a little bit of a head start uh, at, at their retirement. And, and maybe an, another little angle to consider. The difficulty comes in, Warren, and I think we've all seen this, is when you've got parents who sacrificed a huge amount and they've done incredibly well and they didn't go on the luxury holidays. They drank the tussies. They lived well but sensibly. And they've got kids who in this decade um, are keeping up with the Joneses and are buying flashier cars than the parents would ever have done at their age and live in a flashier house than they would at their age. And because they've got a bit more financial freedom courtesy of the bank of mom and dad, they are living a lifestyle which some parents might resent 
and not being parsimonious with the money. And this is the great difficulty. So often one of the criticisms of people when they die is they try and dictate to their children from the grave as to what they should do with the money and the wills and stuff. Um, and it's when you give money in your lifetime, you've also got to be able to let go and say, this is for you to do with as you please. If you choose to go and take it to a casino and see if you can gamble better than the woman who stole 537 million rand from her employer, um, then do it. That's up entirely up to you. This is your money. This has got nothing to do with me anymore. That's a big ask. I, 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 I think it is a big ask, and, and I think may, may, maybe there's two, two comments there. One, um, I'm, I'm violently offended that you're, uh, you're, you're disrespecting tussies like that. That's a, 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 you know, it's a fine wine and should be I know, no, no, but it's, it's, uh, a, it's, it's a wine of the budget-conscious drinker, and I know that you're a fan. I'm, I'm more of a Chateau Lub guy myself, as you know. Um, and uh, Sorry, let's move on. Yes. Uh, and, and so the second part of that is that you, uh, you, the, the, the parents in that, with children who, who who you might question what they're going to do with the money, the, the opportunity is to give them some capital to observe what they do. And if they do spend it and they do live large and, and far beyond their lifestyle and they're not sensible and responsible with the money, the, 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 the conversation becomes uh, very, very simple. What you need to understand, if I'm, if I'm the grandparent in that position, I'm going to be saying, I am going to set up a will um, th th that creates a testamentary trust. And, and the reason that that's important is that it doesn't live until it doesn't become a thing until I'm dead. But, but when I'm dead, that trust will be created. The money will go in there from my estate and it will be used to fund the grandchildren's education, uh, both through junior high school and university. Uh, and you, as the parents who are not respectful of money, you're getting nothing or you're maybe getting a small inheritance. But if you're going to carry on living as if you're getting my money, you're not. I'm looking after your children and hoping that uh, they will do a, a better job with the money than you're going to do. Uh, so, so it becomes a conversation you can have early as a way to kind of self-correct or correct course and, and hope that that works. But, but, but I don't think you kind of j just give the money away um, and then watch them blow it all and knowing that th this, this is just going to carry on on your death. I think you, there are ways to, to protect at least the, the third generation uh, through, through a testamentary trust and, and really valuable tool that. Warren Ingram is co-founder Galileo Capital. In a moment, Warren, uh, a really good question from Tandiswa, who says, I'm getting married soon, and I want to know if I should get married in community of property or outside of community of property. That's a big one, and it's an important one, and we'll talk about that in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. So often in the throes of passion, love, adoration and moonlight and roses and sonatas and the joy of the acceptance of a proposal of marriage, the really important thing is forgotten. And that's not love. Uh, it's the contract. Uh, in community or out of community of property, Warren? So, so just very quickly, uh, um, just to explain the difference. A community of property, uh, you you get married. There is no contract whatsoever. So you you simply get married. That gets registered, uh, and and when you join uh, in that way, what happens is you're joining together everything. You're joining together all of your assets, all of your debts, all of your responsibilities from before you got married. Uh, up until you now married, and then for forever until uh, and, until you die or you get divorced. So, 
just understanding that that could be quite scary if if someone comes into a marriage where one one of the partners is you know f- kind of kind of financially sensible and the other one is arriving in the marriage with an enormous amount of debt that wasn't known to their to their uh, a fiance at the time uh, that you, you will now be sharing that debt uh, w- whether you knew about it or not uh, equally that uh, either party can sign contracts in the future and contracts to get you into a lot of debt and you would you just you, you might know about it, you might not. Um, so, so community of property has a lot of financial risks to, to, to people. The, the, the upside of community of property is you don't need to pay lawyers. So I think a huge proportion of South Africa's population, you know, get, get married and uh, in community of property. I think often just because they're not, they're not aware of, of the options and alternatives to community of property. So, Outside of community of property, generally called anti-nuptial, because it's it, it kind of the Americans would call it a prenup. You you sign a contract before you get married, which uh, where, where you decide uh, your assets are yours. So whatever you bring into to the marriage is yours. Whatever debts you had before the marriage are also yours. You can't; those are not going to be shared by by your new spouse. Uh, and then you decide what you're going to do with the assets that you jointly uh, create once you are married. So you can say, we're, we're going to get married, and in future, any money that we start building up together, we're going to split 50-50, uh, or, or we're not going to split. You know, the, you can actually contract for all of it's, that. It's called, so, with, is, that, is it called with accrual and without accrual also in South Africa? Whatever you accrue during your marriage is split 50-50, or without accrual, what's mine is mine and what's yours is yours, and never the twain shall meet. Exactly right, and 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 uh, uh, you know, just understanding with with marriage contracts, uh, they, they you contract for this, but 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 at the at the end of the marriage, if you get divorced. Uh, it, there, there is still a legal process to go through where that contract might not hold, you know, exactly like that. So, so you will, you'll have a principle, which is this, this is the agreement we've got. We've agreed to, to split our, our future assets 50-50 or, or we didn't. Uh, but, but then it still goes through a legal process where that might be changed, you know, given, uh, what, what's happened in the marriage, you know, wh- whether there are uh, children involved who you need to be looked after, et cetera. Um, I think, you know, I'm not going to make a judgment in terms of, of cultural issues around community of property or, or, or traditions, because some, some families feel very strongly, either for religious reasons or not, that, you know, you share 50-50 and that's the deal. You're never going to get divorced, so don't worry about it. But, but uh, purely from a financial planning point of view, uh, you know, if I'm writing an exam, I'm, I'm, I'm always advising people to get the, the anti-natural uh, contract and, and make sure you know what, you, what you're getting into before you get married and, and do the homework, have the hard conversations. Divorce is, is a reality for kind of one out of every two marriages. You, you just, just contract, contract for it and, 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 and never need it. As opposed to don't contract for it and and suddenly need it one day in a very messy you know horrible divorce. Uh, it's it's any I mean any any arrangement any commercial arrangement and a marriage is a commercial arrangement in addition to it all being moonlight and roses. Uh, there and in some cases there can be an awful lot of money at stake and people grow up and change and people do stupid things and people misbehave and you know stuff goes wrong. You know, people bump their heads and say that things go wrong. Be very attuned to it. Thank you, Warren Ingram. Warren is a certified financial planner. He is a partner and director at Galileo Capital. And, of course, he is a regular contributor to The Money Show, which is the most important title on his CV.